It's the Lakeland Sports Guys podcast. I'm Tom Carroll. Chris Cox. we got Stan Spivey in the house coming to you from Howard's on Main and Uptown Greenwood. Glad to have you along. And it is a Thursday. Well, it'll be the last podcast that we have, Chris, uh, here in the month of March. And April Fool's Day is coming up this weekend, but look out. That's why you brought me back. <laughs> April Fool's Day. What's today? Today's, uh, well, Thursday. No, but what do we eat here? Oh, it's the twice-baked potato with the ribeye steak sandwich Bam. special here at Howard's on Main. You got to come by and get it, but get here early because the uh, twice-baked potatoes go fast. No offense to Beverly Beck. <laughs> <laughs> so you got, you got red, right? Because, I mean, we, this would have been fun. if I, I mean, I can sit here and talk for another 10 hours It's because the red button is on because we've done it, but I'm glad the red button's on. But, hey, we got a special guest today going to be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, and we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, yeah. Some other topics we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the women's Final Four, because Carolina is involved in all of that. they got a big game against Iowa coming up here on Saturday. Also have uh, the men's Final Four, four teams that we have no idea where they came from, because none of them were picked to even be in the Sweet 16, let alone in the Final Four to go along with that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Erskine. they got their big uh, Garnet Gold and Boom spring game coming up this weekend, which should be a lot of fun and uh, lander has baseball we'll also get into greenwood uh, baseball softball soccer um, and of course track and field is involved in all of that and we'll be talking with two ladies here in just a moment about that and then emerald also has some big things that are going on coach scruggs uh, our good buddy um, got nominated for a play safe comeback uh, player of the year award so you're well deserved man yeah, we're going to tell you a little bit more about all of that uh, in, in that honor that he'll pick up here in a couple of months so coach whenever you get your award just come on bring it up here and we'll settle on the table and interview you again because he's a great interview. I mean, he's a Cowboys fan, but anyway, he's a great interview and a good friend of ours from our UPS days. So, anyway, we, we love Coach Crooks. All right. Well, it is exciting to have with us here at Howard's on Main joining the Lakeland Sports Guys right now. we got two young ladies, part of the Greenwood Athletic Track and Field team that are joining us here. And, ladies, I'll let you guys uh, introduce yourselves. Um, I'm Gabby Talley. I'm a sophomore at Greenwood High, and I do pole vault. I run the 16 and the 8 and the 4 by 4 I'm Lexi Leyland. I am a senior at Greenwood High School. I run the 100-meter hurdles, the 400-meter hurdles, the 4x4, four four, and high jump. There you go, Chris. I'm uh, tired, I want to see, you got to teach him how to run the hurdles. Teach him how to run the hurdles. I'd go under them. I'm, too, I'm vertically <laughs> challenged, man. I'm like two foot tall. I'm too short for the hurdles, but that, that's tiresome. I, the one that interested me the most when I first heard it was pole vault in Greenwood High School. Yep. I don't there's, remember. There's pl- been some. I don't remember the pole vault when I was at the high school. I remember the rest of the stuff y'all were talking about, the high jump and stuff like that. But I don't remember pole vault there. So that's that's like Olympics. So you did teach me about Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> All of these sports that they're well, involved they are, in are, so. okay. are that way. But how excited are you, ladies, about uh, this being the first track meet coming back to Greenwood High in two years uh, under Coach Norman? This is an exciting time. Yeah, it is really exciting. We haven't had a track meet in. Quite a while. It's this been almost two years. Yeah. yeah, this is my first track meet at Greenwood High, so my first home meet. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's going to end. I tell you what, it, it's with Coach Norman being there, what's it been like with him as the new head coach over there? I mean, it, things have changed a lot. Yes. So he is also a football coach at our high school, so he's very loud and energetic, and he always gets us hyped up, which is very different from what we're used to. Um, but he's been great. Yeah, you can just tell, like, the energy on the team has changed a lot. It's become more positive. So For both the boys and the girls' teams. Yes, I mean, yes sir. I wouldn't even have to know who the coach was. I could tell you it was Zach Norman, but anyway, that's awesome. <laughs> no, you, you worked with Coach Jeter for a while? 
Yes, sir. Did you? Now, Gabby, you did not. Um, no, I was you, hurt last season. Okay. So I and we we loved him because he came in the radio station, did a radio interview, and he he actually tried. I was trying to find eligibility to run for coach Jeter. I <laughs> I thought he was just a class dude. He was a funny guy also, but yeah, Coach Norman is one of those guys. You know what? Seeing this room, I'd, like of... I'd like to see the the dance off between Coach Norman and, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Coach Jeter. I, I, I tell you what, you know, watching Coach Jeter and what he's been able to do um, when he was the Greenwood Eagle when he was at, at, at Greenwood. I, I mean, he, he used to come and, and dance off with the other mascots that were there. But you know, Coach Norman, I've seen him dance on the sidelines. He so, gets into it. So we got Greg. We got Coach Carter that we know dances. We got <laughs> Zach Norman. I'm gonna tell you what, man. I should have been the Eagle back in the day, but we know who that was when I was in school. That was uh, <laughs> Willie. Yeah. He was the Eagle. So uh, anyway, that's the, we might go to the track meet if they're gonna dance now. <laughs> we'll go for that. We, they'll be there a while. Any time you want to go. That's right. <laughs> I'm going. Um, as far as your events go, which is your favorite? Definitely for me, pole vault. Yep. The hurdles, for sure. The long ones, short ones? The short ones. The long ones. That race is just straight pain. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the mile is, too. And the 800. Oh. I can imagine with all of that. Uh, and with the hurdles, too, how'd you get started in that? So I started with Coach Jeter, and I had never run track before, but I started with cross country. And I knew I did not want to run distance because not a distance girl. And he was like, you have long legs. Let's try hurdles. And so that's how I got started. And we didn't have a hurdle coach or anything, so I learned from YouTube videos and older athletes on the team who are about to graduate. But then this year and last year, we got a new coach. His name is Coach Smith, and he's really helped me out, done drills, broke it down, and helped me overall. Good deal. And at pole vaulting, uh, that you know, usually a gymnast is involved with pole yes, vaulting. I, yep, I'm a former gymnast. I did it for 11 years. She also did. So yes, that's how years. we know each other. Okay. okay. But that's, that really helps, like, with form and, like, to pull out, you have to get your hips up to go over the bar, and bars has help with that and vault, so. Yeah, it's just a vertical bar instead of a horizontal. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Particular time ago. Um, yeah. So, Gabby, you got your own coach? Like, she has her own um, coach? <laughs> yes, I do. His name's... Oh. <laughs> Why can't Everybody I, calls him I call Doc. I Doc. It's Morris, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah, Doc. So, he can only come certain days of the week. So I've only had probably like a full week together of instruction from him. So yeah, it's mainly I've been like watching a bunch of videos on people doing it. And then I'm the like no other older athletes have been there. So I've just mainly been teaching myself and taking the drills that he's given me and awesome. doing yeah. those. What's over your PR so far? Six, oh, eight, eight, six. six. <laughs> it's pretty good. They finish each other's sentence is pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, when you and I fail, they can interview each other. <laughs> so, good deal. And now the relays—that's those are the fun parts of track and yes. field, aren't they? Yeah. So, yes. what 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 makes it so interesting with the with the group of girls you got for the for the eight hundred? So this year, our team is probably tripled in size from last year. So we have a bigger pool of people to pull from. So at the beginning of the season, we did a time trial. So everybody had a time for the four hundred meters, and they picked the fastest top four the top four and me and Gabby were in that top four and so you pass a baton around the track each girl will run a lap and that's the four by four and since it's the last race everybody's hyped up because the meet's been going on forever everybody's ready to go so everybody's cheering on the team and it's just overall like the best race and then when they're close it gets even more exciting yes 
You got people Stands running, loud. like, <laughs> everywhere. People are running from ends, corners, to All right. see them it, running. What's the order that you guys usually run in? It's been kind of back yeah, and forth. All we've everybody. had injuries. We've had people can't be there. People can't. Yeah. yeah. It's just been. But I think for this race, I'm the anchor leg. I'm running fourth leg. And then she's taking a rest week because she's been battling some injuries. Yep. My gotcha. knee has been. My IT band. Right, so they pulled me out because. Keep it safe. Right. I'll save her for the ball, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But I would normally run third leg. Would you? Okay. Yep. And some of the other ladies uh, that are on your team that are doing well, can you name any of those? Um, Brittany. I don't know her last name. I don't know her last name either. And then Araya Slappy. Yes. Mm-hmm. She runs our second leg, or was. She wasn't at the last meet. Good deal. Yes. That's awesome. Are you excited, man? I, I look anytime I see people in these greenwood, it gets me closer to what sport <laughs> football. So I, I I love it. I usually wear it, but today is Mon or Thursday, so I got on blue for the our stuff. But usually we wear the greenwood a lot. So anyway, we're proud of y'all. Like, like I said, thank you. And it has got to be exciting to have that first meet in that long two years. Mom, I know you're happy that there's a local meet. Yeah. Yes. Instead of going there, where y'all y'all were somewhere last week? Emerald. Yes, we have a lot of meets at Emerald, which is right around the corner from Greenwood High. Yeah. Which is very helpful for like families and especially us when we got to pile in on a bus. So we're not on there forever. (laughs) Sitting three girls to a seat. And that's, yeah. Yeah. Particularly with the team growing the way it is. I remember your daughter did what, cross country? And I remember. She did cross country. Well, Lexi ran with her. I ran cross country too. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, I remember us talking about that. We were doing a football game at Dorman, and you're like, great, I get to leave here at 12 o'clock and come back in the morning at 8. <laughs> right. <laughs> Should just stay in the parking lot, Tom. So. <laughs> so, how did you guys do it and cross-country-wise? Things um, working good with the – Yeah. Yes, we did very there? well. This year was – <laughs> We didn't have any major injuries this year. That's good. Woohoo! That's good. <laughs> Well, we are excited, looking forward to it. It starts at 5 o'clock today. Uh, by the time a lot of people get this podcast, hopefully they can come on out. It'll go to, what, 9, 9.30? Usually it's about Usually, four, four and a yeah. half hours to get through. But you'll see some great races that are there, not only the 100 uh, uh, in the guys, but we've got a good selection of gentlemen that are running uh, track and field as well, and you can get out there and see those guys. Uh, uh, Josiah's running uh, oh. <laughs> in the process yes. of all that. So <laughs> he's ex- he's exciting to watch. Uh, when he gets on those track shoes. Josiah is just Josiah, so we just leave it at that. But that's <laughs> awesome. Now, who all's running today with y'all in the meet? What are the team, other schools involved? Lawrence and Palmetto Christian. Okay. So it's a smaller meet. Yeah. Yes. Don't go a little faster. Oh, yeah. I just I love the fact that that little lake thing's back with Greenwood and, and Lawrence and then other sports. Well, so this <laughs> is just this is one of two meets that they have this year, which is mm-hmm. going to be exciting. I think uh, – Oh, crud, I had it pulled up. There it is. Um, the next one is coming up April the 27th. But, of course, you got the Lakelands Invitational Emerald before that. Oh, Hillcrest is going to be a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. going to be hot. So uh, <laughs> Hillcrest is the one I saw. That's the one I couldn't could remember which school it was. Uh, as they come through. And then, of course, uh, you guys are in a new region. This is, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different – well, second year of a bunch of different teams that you guys are competing against. What's that been like? Some good teams yeah. yes. that are out there. Very, yeah. do, you, do you have an arch nemesis as of yet in those teams? There's a few good hurdlers that I'm always stalking on miles split the <laughs> night before. <laughs> no, I haven't really been having to stalk anybody. I mean, I go through and I look and I see, like, who's pole vaulting. But usually I just 
go for it. I'm like, I'll run my race, and yeah. there you go. There we go. I figured you'd say Dutch Fork or somebody. That's <laughs> <laughs> who I figured they would say. So. <laughs> well, I, I would have to say that probably the teams, uh, Westside would be uh, yeah. one yes, of the bigger teams that you have to compete against. Um you know, Greenville's always had a good team. They're little. Ooh, Greenville. Yes, yeah. they're. Greenville's good. Yeah. Very good. So. My other favorite. <laughs> yeah, they're good in cross country too. They're really yeah. good. They got so, some good but you're not, run, you're not you're not competing against East Side, and you're not competing mm-hmm. against Riverside anymore. Which and is I know very those nice. Yeah. And those, <laughs> are the, <laughs> those are the schools, or they used to be the schools back in the day. East Side. And, well, oh, they still oh, are. Still are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where we're going at. They're not any good at anything he helps, so they're good in that. But <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, y'all had to play them, but. Um, yeah, like I said, it's a new region would be good because you're going different places. Um, what's, what's your favorite place you ran so far? I mean, just around here, I guess. Or I love Emerald, but I think it's because we run there so much. It's kind of like a second home track. Yeah. Especially last year, that's basically the only place we really did run because we didn't have any home meets. Yeah, I remember cross country. They would be through Connie Mac and around the yep. neighborhoods back in there by Stan and all back there. And I was like, man, that's got to just get tiresome to just run around the school a couple of times and run back. But they, <laughs> they they would get back into it again, so they were okay. They weren't <laughs> tired by any means. As far as practice goes, you guys uh, practice right after school. Um, practicing, you know, with pole vault and, and hurdles is a little bit different as far as the practice goes. Um, tell us a little bit about what your practice involves. You want to go first? Yeah, sure. Okay. Right, we'll start with pole vault. So um, I usually do my running first. Mm-hmm. So I do my running workout, and then after that, I will go grab my pole and the bar, and I'll just go over there, and I'll do my three-step plant a few times to, like, warm it up, and then I'll do some pop-ups, which is where you just leave the bar off and just go for it. And then I usually put the bar up at, like, 6, and I just go up, and I'll usually, like – yesterday I got to eight and I just kept doing eight and I would work on my coach was there yesterday so I he told me corrections and drills to help and exercises so I would practice that too towards the end and the hurdles a little bit different yes so as a team we'll warm up we run a lap we do our stretches and then we kind of divide into our groups so some days my hurdle coach is there and some days my high jump coach is there so I have to kind of alternate between the two but when my hurdle coach is there we'll go down we'll roll the cart down of the hurdles (laughs) we'll carry blocks down there and as a hurdle crew we'll stretch together like all of our hurdle stretches because got to make sure those hamstrings are stretched out before you're jumping in the air (laughs) so after we stretch we'll do little drills on the hurdles to make sure our body's completely warmed up because you don't want to pull a muscle when you're jumping and then we'll set up the hurdles on tick marks, and we'll start going over a few at a time. We normally don't go over all 10 in a practice just because you don't need to put your body through that much in a practice. But our coach is very good about giving us corrections, watching us, breaking it down for us, videoing us. And then this year he made us all get ankle weights, and so we'll run hurdles and ankle weights, and we'll do hill workouts and ankle weights. So when those ankle weights come off, Coach Smith is just like, y'all see how much better you feel. <laughs> Maybe that's what I need, ankle. (laughs) (laughs) We'll try anything at this point. See where it goes. As as far as uh, your goals, uh, you told us what your PR is. What are you guys hoping to get this year? Well, today I'm hoping to break the record and not just tie it. Awesome. Yes, I have been trying to get down on my time to get closer to the school record, which is Mm -hmm. 15.73. And I just made a new personal best at the last meet, which was 16.88. So that is a big drop in time, but if we keep working on it, then 
Think it will happen. Yeah, the crowd here loves that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 exciting to get to get those goals, reach those goals, and go ahead and then make new ones. So. And we were talking earlier. You've already got plans for the future, don't you? As yes, a senior, sir. as a senior. Yes, sir. I plan to attend Clemson University in the fall. I don't have the boo button. You can hit that one. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's awesome. And I mean, continue to go after your goals. And get, you're only a sophomore, so yes, sir. I, I'm sure in a couple of years you want to join her, maybe. Or oh, I don't know yet. Now your mom, uh, <laughs> your mom would be big Ohio State. Probably, yeah, she so, would. Yeah, she would love that. So that would mean you go to Columbus. But that's awesome. I mean, everything. Anytime like we do, we love the Lakelands, and, and that's why we've named, or he named us after everything around here, and that's why we do sports and learn about pole vault and rugby and lacrosse and everything else. So it's awesome, and we certainly appreciate you spending a couple minutes with us today. Of yeah. course. No Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks, ladies. Have a good meet. Good luck. Thank you. There's Normandy on the way. <laughs> and always a pleasure, of course, to have the ladies' track team in here with us. Go out and see the guys and the gals uh, end up competing tonight. Five o'clock is when they get underway. And, of course, uh, hopefully on Monday we'll have some results from all of that. Find out if they did break their PR and uh, have to set new goals in the process, Chris. But, you gosh, love it. Uh, you know, it, it's great seeing young athletes like this uh, get encouraged and motivated, and Coach Norman's doing it the right way. And, and they're excited about being there. Yeah. They want to be there and, and, and want to set those personal goals and get better. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, know what, they know what the records are. They, they've got their eyes set on putting their name in the record book. <laughs> and that's one way you can get in to see some of these sporting events, too, is to go ahead and volunteer. Yeah. They need a yeah, lot of help of getting yeah. hurdles off of tracks and getting things set up here and there. So uh, consider that, too. If you get a chance and you don't have anything better to do, consider volunteering as a helper for some of these sports. That was the one thing that hadn't changed. I heard whenever, like I said with Coach Ware back in the day, was you set your own stuff up. And I just, that just kills me that you got a girl that's, that's pole vaulting it's got to get there early to set her own bars up and practice to do. I guess I'm just used to football, baseball, where they set everything up for you and you go out and play and <laughs> spoiled is what you call it. That's what you would call so, it. So these young girls, like Stan's talking about, not only are they, it's leading to what they're doing with their records because they're the ones setting their stuff up. Yep. They're not giving themselves an advantage, but they're setting it up to know it's right so they don't have to worry about, I wonder if he set that bar right or, or whatever when it comes to pole vault or the hurdles and like I said, they, they, they got in here so fast. That's how fast that, this track team is. We didn't see them really coming in. You did. I was doing something else as usual. But <laughs> they walked in, and I was like, man, we're, we're not even ready for the interview yet. And they are like, hey, we're here for the interview. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> we're ready for the interview. So. But, like I said, we appreciate it, Coach. We got them out of here on time. So if they're late, that's because they stopped by Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> they might have had to skip they lunch today to come up they here. They may have it up there as it is. I don't well, know. Well, they do have Chick-fil-A at, at Greenwood, don't they, Stan? Yeah. <laughs> They've got plenty of that up there. All right. Uh, some of the other th- events that are going on that we want to tell you about, uh, none probably bigger than uh, the nomination uh, for Coach Scruggs to be the uh, Play Safe Comeback Award um, recipient in the process of all of this. And, uh, this is just a great honor for him. If you know Coach John Mark Scruggs, he's the basketball coach over at Emerald High School, and uh, he's gone through a lot in the last six years, uh, dealing with leukemia and things of that nature, having to take special treatments, and he's still managing to get back to practice in time because uh, he wants to be part of that family as well and encourage those kids. And, um, you know, he, when he came in here, he, he basically came out and said, you know, it, it's hard. It really is hard to, to, you know, feel as lousy as you do, yet want to be, uh, you know, a motivator and encourage these kids. But, you know, there again, knowing him personally like I do, coaches that way, but 
what what he did, Tom, is he set his own coaches in there. So if you got your coaches in there and you're gonna trust to put all your trust in him to coach that basketball team because he couldn't this year, that's trusting your coaches and that that way you know that you're doing things right. And they did. And they did well in basketball this year without their head coach there, and that's that's saying a lot. Because you look at you look at like a program at, at Carolina, like let's say, uh, you get a coach that get, that goes down, or you get a new coach coming in. You saw what we had troubles in, in Columbia, so I mean, that, it's just a testament to to what they're doing. And it's just not him; it's Coach Height. It, it's everybody over there, and uh, they're doing things good over there, and it's a well deserved honor. Yeah, and I want to thank uh, Andrea Bagwell. She is the Vikings Play Safe trainer. Um, for the Emerald Vikings that is out there. She's the one that nominated him for the Play Safe Comeback Award. And this is an award that, guys, usually is given to an athlete that has gone mm-hmm. through an injury and come back and, and performed well. And she saw, uh, judging by the you know what the, she said on the website, she saw the determination of Coach Scruggs to continue supporting uh, his teams even when he was exhausted or sick from that treatment. She felt that he was deserving of that nomination. So he is going to go uh, uh, down to Columbia or up to Anderson and University, as a matter of fact, on May the 7th. Um, for the award ceremony, it's going to be up there at 5 o'clock, and uh, that's where an overall winner will be announced at that time. So hopefully, fingers crossed, he'll come back with it. I, I think he's going to yep. be well served to probably come back with it. And the first thing you do is you want to thank his family, his wife, mm-hmm. his kids for being there doing what they did for him because I know that was one of the things that he, he testified about when he came on with us the other month about the fact that without them, he, he wouldn't be anywhere. And, you know, there again, Tom, at some point in time in your life, you have to you have to have your trust in God. And and realize that there is better out there for you and he just wasn't ready for that time yet and he said you know what i got things to do at emerald and, and he's coming back to make that fight next year i, I wouldn't want to play him in basketball this man's <laughs> had a year off i wouldn't want to play him in basketball well he, and he's a lot like coach norman too where he's a, a great motivator uh, Tandebo is a great motivator yeah. as well. Um, you know, and after we talk with him, we're always ready to run through a wall for him. So. Especially, yeah. Okay, he yeah, does coach, great things for yeah. these kids. And Coach Bowes wants us to do it without a helmet. <laughs> That's how much he cares about it. But, I mean, there again, you know, it starts with Coach Height, and it, it just goes up with the rest of that crowd. I just find the, it, it amazes me, Stan and Tom, that you've got these the, the bigger coaches, Coach DeBose came from Abbeville. Coach Scruggs is a '96 guy. Coach Height is a, and they're they're all getting along just fine together. And they they didn't grow up together. Not all of them grew up together, no. uh, but they're doing the job together as a team. And that's, that that goes to your AD that you're able to get the right coaches in place to where you're competitive in every sport and you do well in the Lakelands. And that's on Coach Height. So you know he's doing a good job. And he's only been on that job for what a year. So. <laughs> yeah, well, two years. Two years now. Yeah. So and that's coming from you know from Strom Thurmond. So. Uh, I give them praise over there at Sound the Horn, as they say. Doing great. Doing great. Uh, also, uh, speaking of things going on over at Emerald, uh, Tad DeBose has a new hire on his football coaching staff. He brings back an alumni that was a great, great linebacker, K.J. Chamberlain, great running back as well and wide out. Uh, he joins the football coaching staff. This means a lot, I think, to the Emerald Vikings, uh, having somebody that has gone through a lot of the championship runs and, and pushed deep into the playoffs on that football team to come in and add his experience to it. For a player, there's probably nothing any better than being to look on the weight room and stuff and look on to see personal goals and see KJ's name up there. It gives those kids some determination now to say, look, Coach, you were the best in this. I'm picking to go get it. I'm going to be the fastest guy on this team. And he'll be the first to encourage you and so, say, do it. And he yeah. will. And I yeah. think that, that was when I saw the hire the other day, that was a great, great hire. Uh, and there again, 
they're doing things right over at Emerald. So this is about, I guess, Greenwood Track and Emerald, everything else right now. So, But it, it's good to see that they go that way and it comes back. And, you know, who knows? KJ may have reached out to him and said, hey, Coach, I'd love to come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't turn a guy like this down. I mean, because you know the impact he's going to have on the kids. And that's the main thing, the impact he can have on the kids and the players. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how they do because they've, you know, they've got a great quarterback yeah. uh, coming back. They've got um, some question marks, I think, as far as running back, who's going to fill that hole. But uh, somebody's going to step up. Somebody will be in there. You mean something? Ian Ryan's finally graduated after 20. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Ryan's was the he and the other kid, and Foster, man, yeah. and Foster, man, Jalen Foster, and I, that's just what for me that it, I guess. Year after year after year, we have to do it anyway for Greenwood. But everybody, it's the same thing at every other school. But uh, uh, like I said, it's, things are on the rise at, at Emerald. So, like I said, they sounding that horn pretty loud over there. Looking forward to that. Um, there was a big baseball game that happened earlier this week. Now, um, Abbeville had a big win against Landrum last night. Uh, I think it was 4 nothing uh, was the final in that one. But – Earlier in the week, Saluda Baseball, they squeeze out uh, a region win against Abbeville 2-1 uh, to one with three hits on the day. So there wasn't a lot of offense that was involved in, in any of this. But um, Sid Shaw led the Tigers at the plate. He went 2-3 with one RBI. Bryce Miller scored the go-ahead run on the top of the seventh to put them up uh, and get the win in this one. But the Tigers moved to 6-4 and four overall. They're now 1-1 one one in region play. The winning pitcher was Gage Reinhardt. He's now 2-0 and oh overall, by the way. Um, uh, the save goes to uh, Braden Williams. And the leading hitters, we made mention, Sid Shaw, 2-3 of three with an RBI. Also, Matt Schaefer went 1-3 of three at the plate as well. And I think I think uh, Saluda plays uh, Astron Thurman today. I think I, think I saw so. that in the paper. Yeah, I think so. That'll be a big is. matchup in baseball yeah. between those two oh, teams. Yeah. But Abbeville had six hits in this <laughs> game, where Saluda only had three. In the process of all that, you just can't get the, the guys. Only, couldn't get the guys around the horn. It's one of those. I'm telling you, that's what you know. Stan, I talked about earlier this year that we yeah. thought like that the pitching was what where it was at. That it's prime in that game where you only need a couple runs to win a ball game, and that's what we're, you know. Over at Greenwood, it's the other way around too. They're almost like the yard equals over there with the yard cocks because they're pounding the ball over at Greenwood. And I mean, like I said, I, I thought that park was small, but it's not. It's pretty good size because we we hit in the top of the fence, and like I said, kids getting thrown out second base. So, yeah. by the way, baseball-wise for Greenwood, they sweep West Side. You got yep. to see uh, the game uh, earlier this Thanks week. Thanks to as Jim. Well. Thanks to Jim, Jim yeah. and, and TJ <laughs> doing a great job in showing all that. And um, if you can't make it out to, but you got to go to one of these baseball games because they are. It, it's different watching it on the computer it versus is. being seeing it in, in person because these guys really do hype up the audience in the process, and, and the parents and the fans get into it. Hey, I'm going to tell you, you can, now some of the stuff that you can hear at the backgrounds, I mean, we, we deal with it at Greenwood footballs, but uh, it's pretty funny, some of the stuff. But, uh, by the way, I forgot to mention this, OG's birthday was this week. So, yep. Coach OJ, Happy I mean, OG, excuse me, as they had him out there in his cap the other day at the baseball, he's out there running coaching bases and out there with the players, and uh, he's just a, a, a stalwart of Greenwood athletics. And uh, Well, he is a, he's, love to he's see a mainstay for, for Lake Coast baseball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lake yeah. baseball. He yeah. is so, coach. Happy birthday, coach, and uh, many more to you. But like I said, it's always good to see him because he's never got a frown on his face. He's always smiling, enjoying life. I like Howard Corley. Always smiling. <laughs> <laughs> that means he approves of my comment. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing yeah. with OG, though, is I've never seen anybody run the bases faster, particularly after a, a post-20 baseball game in the process when we get a big win. Um, he has yet uh, not to hit a home run 
uh, inside that park. Yeah, so, you're right. Yeah, just gonna so. throw that out there. He is he's batting a thousand. We call him <laughs> yeah. the legend for a reason, guys. So if you don't know he's OG, you need to get out there and meet yeah. him. So and Legion's the best place to meet him. You're right. And then boys varsity golf uh, this past weekend, uh, the, we had a few teams that ended up competing. Um, uh, out of 21 teams that were involved, Cambridge Academy came in fifth, shooting a 317, whereas Greenwood High ended up sixth, shooting 322, 96th, 17th, shooting 355. And then you had Elmer, uh, Emerald at 20th with a 374, and they tied with Happyville in that spot to go along with it. But uh, the Emerald boys varsity golf team um, – you know, their lowest medalist was Bo Lawrence. He shot an 88, followed by Anthony Leip, uh, Harris Miller, Logan Epley. Um, you had Caden Parker, and the alternates were Eli Bocci and Dalton Williams to go along with it. And they are going to be uh, – I think they're going to be out of the country club here coming up soon. And it's a good shape, yeah. too. So, yeah, I noticed they played – one of the courses they played was a course I had played, and, I mean, it's a very tough track. And, I mean, to see uh, – we know Cambridge is pretty good in golf because they've done it year in, year out, um, girls and guys. And, and to see them medal over a Greenwood team, that's not surprising as it would be four for a lot points, of people. Four points separated. It, it's not surprising to see Cambridge there over Greenwood Emerald and the rest of these golf teams around because that's um, that's what it's always been. I mean, that's always been like the little the high school, you know, even though it's a private school, they've always had the golfers. And it continues on now. So, if you read the paper and you say, "What's wrong with Greenwood if they're not even can't even compete with Cambridge?" Don't let that fool you because yeah. end of the year, skiza, whatever you want to talk about, we joke with 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 coach the basketball coach about that. Um, and then since we're talking about that, they're taking a, they're doing squares for the final four. I don't know if you saw this or not. Yeah, I did. And uh, it's for the good call. It's, it's to get these girls down so they can get their trophy. Uh, and they're doing the chair. I don't have the, the amount of money for it, but if you want it, go on Cambridge uh, Athletics, and you'll see what it costs to help get these girls the, the trophies and stuff that they deserve, uh, well deserve, and Lakeland's need to pull together and help them girls go down there and get them. I think they're just looking for a bus ride. Somebody pay the gas. Looking forward to it. Sorry. One of the Greenwood golfers is an eighth grader by the name of Bryson McCurry. He shot an 85. Uh, in this meet. So you got some young golfers that are involved in all this. Of course, the the man of the hour was uh, sophomore Cameron Addis. He shot a 77 to go along with that. And then uh, uh, you look at senior Trace Meredith. He shot a 79 um, competing in the individual events to go in there too. So we'll see how it goes uh, as they continue on. We look forward to seeing some good things. And their dads are good golfers, both of them. So <laughs> they should be expected to, to play well and to be well and up there the way they are. So. Exciting, man. And like I said, we got all kind of courses around here they can go play. So. Yep, always fun. All right, we are in Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. B-Rad has got the happy hour getting ready for all of that uh, to get started. He brought the ice in, so I know something's getting cold. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> when you can come in and uh, they've got – 33. All right, and he knows there will be an Augusta podcast for the Masters from Twin Peaks, and the girls are going to want to know. So, B-Rad, i got to get your number so you can text me and say, hey, man, we got – 28-degree beers, because these <laughs> patrons coming from all over the world, they're going to want the cold beer in Augusta. They don't get it. They're going to come to Greenwood to be rad, because we're going to advertise it. That's right. We'll, we'll, we'll let them know. Yeah. <laughs> let them know where to come. He'll but, be busy next week, because, I mean, yeah. Masters is always huge around here. I mean, yeah. per, per, It is, and the entertainment's going to be yeah. just as good as well. So they'll have this stage full of uh, better-looking And upstairs, man, of course, upstairs <laughs> as well. So Who knows, b rad might even play a little bit. Maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Honesty goes a long way. Well, let's talk a little bit uh, of what's going on over with the Gamecocks. Spring practice is underway, and uh, your head coach, Shane Beamer, for the Gamecocks, 
He just likes NFL coaches for some reason. I'm not sure what the <laughs> yeah. deal with that is, but uh, he went ahead and hired former Panthers quarterback coach Sean Ryan, uh, who also coached uh, at Texas and or uh, with the Texans. And the reason I know him from there is because Deshaun Watson was his quarterback at the time. So he's coached some good ones. He's also been with the Lions in the process and. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where they put him. They don't exactly say where, but I imagine he's going to be the quarterback coach, uh, and it won't be the OC. He's a man you whisper. <laughs> How long stands probably did I ask him pray for Coach Beamer? Hey, look at Joe Brady. Yeah. You know, he, he was at LSU, then he goes to the Panthers, and then he brings in Coach Ryan, who I, I am familiar with, like you said, Texans. Panthers. And he's uh, been a wide receiver Detroit, coach. Too, Detroit so. Lions. I mean, he's coached some, some pretty good players, Stafford and some other guys. Eli Manning, Odell Beckham, I'm Victor looking at, Cruz. I'm kind of looking I'm excited because <laughs> we got players down there. What was the kid? The kid, Mazio Bennett. He, you know, he tweets a lot. Yeah. Um, he had a tweet out the other day about uh, Dowell Loggins and, and the love that they have already developed for this guy. Um, so, Santa may have to eat crow with Dowell Loggins being a new OC. I wanted somebody else, but. There again, um, they love this guy down there, and I can't imagine what this – and that's probably – that's another one that just said, hey, Coach, Coach Ryan's not coaching right now. Let's go get him. Mm-hmm. And he had to reach to reach out and grab, you know, Coach Ryan, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, like I said, in the past, the NFL game hasn't been where we wanted to go, but if you tweak it and you put it with other great coaches, you might really get a winner here. Well, um, I think it's – and the two is the connection to the NFL. You know, you've got quarterbacks down there that are – Wanting to go to the NFL, you got everybody on the team wants to go to the NFL. Well, here's an NFL coach that's coached multiple positions, so he can develop a relationship with, you know, it might be a wide receiver, a tight end, a DB, and say, hey, you're good enough, but this is what you need to work more on. Uh, you know, you improve it in this level, then you can make it. And that's what those kids are wanting to hear, and they're wanting to hear it from somebody that has been there, done that, so to speak. Exactly what you just said. Mazio Bennett, wide receiver yep. out of Greenville. Uh, Juice Wells, yep. who's a really good receiver at Carolina. Yep. All you had to do was say Odell Beckham. I coached Odell Beckham, and they're like, huh? Oh. Okay. We know him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, made, I made him better. <laughs> it's a name game. So, so I can make you better. They're going to listen. And yeah. uh, Greenville, the, the one kid, the lineman, uh, from this past year, he's going to announce – today or tomorrow where he's going. And good chance he goes to Columbia with Mazio Bennett. Um, I can't think of his last name. I know y'all got Colin Sadler two years ago. Uh, but you'll see that on the news tonight. He's going to declare. So we're hoping in Columbia we get him. So. But all in all, man, just yeah, uh, keep fo- adding them on. Football's rolling. Football's Stan, we're getting closer. We're, we're in the spring practice time now. <laughs> we and are. I, and I like the way uh, Coach Beamer's doing spring practice. He'll practice on Tuesday, mm-hmm. skips Wednesday, goes Thursday. It gives the guys time to absorb what they're trying to teach on Tuesday instead of coming back the very next day and trying to put more on them. Give them a chance to learn what you taught them the day before, to let it sink in. And then when you bring them back Thursday, you got their attention again, and you can go moving forward or see if they corrected the mistakes that they made Tuesday. And, you know, and we'll see how it works out by the end of 
everything, but uh, <laughs> I like I like that aspect of doing it and not just going every day, bang, 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 and and it keeps you out of injuries, right? You get a chance to recover mm-hmm. on the process. So, in hey, Columbia, we know who our strength coach is because we stay injured all the time. So, <laughs> and that's another good thing you're gonna have. You, you're gonna have a coach that's there for his second or third year now. You're not gonna have to learn a new guy, and he's he's gonna be there and. Knock on wood, maybe that's the whole concept of what we're doing. Yeah. And then the Tigers, they were on spring break last week, so uh, they didn't practice, uh, took that little honeymoon period in spring practice, yeah. I guess is what they call it. Um, but they are back at it this week. Uh, I heard good things coming out of practice uh, yesterday, so hopefully on Monday we'll have some more details. They've got their spring game coming up on uh, the 15th, so what, 17 days? Uh, they'll have all that. they got two, you know, before that spring game, they got one more other scrimmage that they've got to do, so it would be interesting to see how that turns well, out. Well, and I think with, with the new coordinator, up there kind of from what I'm hearing you know they're 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 happy with their quarterback they're happy with their running backs the tight end I think we're going to see more action Uh, they've got a slot they got they feel comfortable with a slot receiver they're still looking for that over the top guy they think Turner's going to be it but can he be consistent through the whole game and through the whole season no one game is going to be bigger than he is, I think. But it's just the consistency game after game after game after game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Here's what we talk about Clemson football, B-Rad, right here, and I want you to look at me, B-Rad. This man knows his <laughs> stuff at Clemson. So, I, I, you know I love Garrett Riley, the new OC yeah. that I want him in Columbia, and then we would jump, they jumped before we did. For him to be the coordinator, I think he is. Is Cave Klubnik the quarterback that you need and be rad in your opinion? You do. So you're behind. So you're behind him. You're with that. Okay. That's the main thing is because I remember last year we'd sit up here listening to games or we would talk about the games up here and they're like, "Oh, DJ's the guy." Okay. I don't even know why we got you know. And that's why I like to to see ask guys like be rad. Put him on the spot, really. But I mean, you don't mind it. <laughs> hey, you know, he he does it with the basketball. He does it with the football. I think Garrett Riley is that guy that's going to change it around. I think I think he's one of your one dimensional offensive coordinators. And what you're talking about over the top, he'll find that. Well, the, the, the thing, too, that, that has me a little concerned and, and is Klubnik. He, uh, he's going to be the guy. He's the guy. Okay. Can he physically withstand that 12, 13 ball games a year and still be as effective in the last game as he would be in the first game? Well, that's part of being a young uh, and that's, quarterback. That's yeah. a young quarterback. Maturation. You're going to have, even with a new coordinator, and it may be the right coordinator, uh, he's going to make some mistakes. And you're going to have to just pat him on the back and say, okay, this is what you did wrong on this play. But, you know, don't put it put it out. Yeah. Get it out of your head. Don't, don't take it back on the field with you next time you go in. You may throw a pick, but – you know, our defense gets the ball back. You go back. You can't be thinking about that pick you threw two plays before that. Yeah, and that's part of the, the OC yeah. taking part of all that. The other thing is, is, as far as the wear and tear on his body, you got to remember the yeah. ACC does not have the SEC-type right. caliber team. So he's going to be playing maybe two and a quarter quarters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, six out of 12 games maybe? Maybe. So – uh, not a lot but, of stress. But, that, but that's a question, too. I mean, young quarterback, you know, he got some playing time last year. He did. But when do we pull him? You know, how long? Uh, 
play the first half. I mean, you come out after half, you give him the first series. But if you're only up 21 points, do you go with who is number two? Have you decided who number two was yet? Do you have the confidence in a two to put him in in a 21-point game Mm -hmm. and hope that your defense is going to be strong? I think the defense, the back end is going to be better than they were last year. Now, the question this year is, like last year, linebackers. Secondary. And and where are you going, that defensive front line, because of what you lost, can you replace it and still be? You could actually be better than you were last year because your secondary is going to be better. But there's still a few little question marks. Hopefully they can get those ironed out. As far as tailbacks go, you set. If you can get an offensive line, and if the new OC will do like we tried to tell the OC last year, just run the dang ball. Well, there's going to be a lot of that. You know, that, quarterback that, that, or whoever. Well, but. well, and you've got the running backs to do it. So why not take advantage of the better players that you've got on the team? And that's what they did not do last year. And that, that's where I was going. And you, man, you just are you are ahead of me on everything right now. Is we were talking about maturation of the quarterback last year. We knew DJ wasn't going to be the guy. Right. Right. And, and and that's the thing we see at every all the other teams are there. Yeah, he was your senior guy. He could have been. He could have played better. He could have been a starter, yeah. or whatever. But that was when I think you pulled that plug on the DJ experiment because he was a, a junior yeah. senior. You know, he's going somewhere else, yeah. and just say, you know what. Uh, Kay, this is it's your team now. Let's go get it. Whatever you do, we're behind you. And I, I think that's why the the uh, it came down to Streeter going to yeah. Georgia or, or being picked up by Georgia, but going with a whole new uh, yeah. concept at coordinator is that was one thing Dabo did not like. Yeah, here's the other thing: is uh, a lot of people are saying that the Dabo experiments aren't working, and there's a little truth to that. Um, the ones that he's promoted from from within, uh, outside of Elliott and Scott, have kind yeah. of backfired. Yeah. In the process of all that. So, you know, a lot of the Clemson fans are excited now that we've got somebody that has proven outside of the program come in. But is that kind of a product of the program, or is that because the outside world starting to tear that model of a program apart with NIL deals and the people transferring here, there, and yonder with the portal? Can you still now have a program where you go out and you recruit a high school kid and you keep him in school for three to five years and not losing? You know, that's the key, you know? not losing. And, is the key. And, and we look back at Clemson. Clemson has a good retention. had a good retention rate, but they've also had multiple quarterbacks that have come in that were four- and five-star get hung up behind the DJ and say, and they realize this guy's not the guy, but I'm not going to sit here and waste three years. I'm going to go over here and play somewhere and transferring all out. And then all of a sudden, when you look at that linebacker, that quarterback room, you got number one at DJ, but two and three have transferred out. Now you're down to four playing two. Uh, and it worked but out. it's not. But it's not just Clemson either. I no, mean, it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. There's no loyalty, but I, it worked out for Chase Daniel. I mean, you see, it's, well, it worked I, out for him. We're getting more into the coaching <laughs> thing, though. How loyal are these coaches going to be with 
when you see programs that are losing people left and right, and it's every program, you know, do the coaches, do the assistant coaches start jumping schools every year like some of the players do? Well, here's the deal. Well, then you have no continuity whatsoever. Right, right. The problem is, and I'm going straight back to NIL because I'm not an NIL guy. You know I'm not. If you, if you fix NIL, that's the problem. But when you got a guy like Spencer Rattler, I'm going to use my quarterback in Carolina, that's $3 million a year, opens the coordinator ain't making $3 million out. He might be now. Yeah. yeah. That's a problem when you got a, a kid that's, I don't want to go to practice today. My coach ain't telling me what to do. I'm making more money than he is. And that's the mentality that you today – I hate to say that. That's what they have. You got a kid that can go to Carolina, let's say Spencer Rattler, for instance. He goes in and he's making three million. Y'all put the coordinator's making one million and Beamer's making two million. I mean, the the quarterback's making more money than both coaches combined. And that's a problem that the NCAA has got to now listen. The solution's not where it's at right now. It's in Congress right now. I didn't want NAL to be solved by the, our Congress in any way, shape or form. But that's where it's at now. That's what they're voting on today. And hopefully they come up with something that's pretty good. I got no problem with Spencer Rattler, a couple hundred dollars, I mean, even $700, $800 a month to play football. I got no problem with that. Well, I think there's a couple of things that the NCAA could do, should do, and even Congress should do. Number one, a high school kid, a senior, I don't care if he's a five-star player. If he comes into your school, he gets no NIL for the first year. None. He's on scholarship. Got to earn it. Make him commit it. Make him commit and earn it. I agree with that. Okay. Number two, I think there needs to be a structure, just like the NFL, NBA, everybody else has a structured schedule for payment. And that not only applies to the NIL, but it applies to the coaching staff too. You know, the NIL, a quarterback, a five-star quarterback at Clemson, should not be making more money than a five-star quarterback at UCLA in an NIL deal. It needs to be the same, and there needs to be a cutoff point. This is all you're going to make, dude. I don't care who you are. I don't know how many national championships you win. The law says we can only pay you this much money, and it don't matter if you're a punter or you're the five-star quarterback or defensive lineman. It doesn't matter, and the same thing goes with the coaches. At some point in time, there has to be an end to it. And Clemson's running into this problem right now with the conference, with the ACC conference, only paying $30 million to each school. Now, you hear that number, $30 million. Oh, that's a lot of money. Plus, with all the money that the donors are giving. But then all of a sudden, you go over there and look at the Southeastern Conference. Oh, their checks to the schools. A hundred and five million. Yeah, and the other thing is, is Clemson's paying more than thirty million just for the football coaches. I mean, the money they get from from the ACC ACC. is barely paying enough to pay for the coaches. Well, that's why they're looking to get out. Yeah, and and then but then you look at somebody like that in the SEC, they get a hundred and five million dollar check, plus they got all their donors giving their money. Stan, we're talking about two teams, basically. We're talking about Florida State and Clemson that are actually looking at paying. What was the amount, Tom, that they were look, actually looking at? $30 million to get about, out of conference? No, it was more than it's that. $300 million? That. It's, no, it was a lot of money. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. But what you just said, Stan, if instead of the $30 million you're going to get the bowl and you're going to go and you're going to get what SEC money? What would you just yeah, say? 105 that, that right there just almost tells me, all right, wait a minute, I can get out of one, and it, it's going to take me two or three years anyway. 
let me go ahead and pay to get out and get into that conference. And that may be also where you see in Texas, Oklahoma coming from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, Big 12 ain't paying crap. I'm going to the SEC where the big boys play, and they're going to find out the hard way when, when it happens. So. <laughs> well, Clemson, uh, the ACC was the only conference that was paying the schools that less of money. I mean, they were paying $30 million, and that's just due to the contracts that they've gotten, TV contracts, whatever you want to say. These other conferences have bigger and better contracts. So each of their schools now, you still got to get into those championship brackets and everything. The more championship teams you put on the field, the more money your school's going to get, the more money the conference is going to get. So you can't forget about the women's track and field. Yep. Because there's money coming out of that. Mm-hmm. I followed on your commissioner, which was John Swapper, right. until he retired. Yeah. Uh, and I think and you got a lot of teams. That was huge when he made it. it. You're right. So. That was a, we, we talked about mm-hmm. it. But I don't care in, in what way, shape, or form you're talking about. When you're talking about ACC, if you're going to allow in, nor, I mean Notre Dame to play in your conference and everything but football, you uh-uh, something's being uh, <laughs> the AD or something needs to do something about that because I mean get that M- that NBC money, buddy. Mm-hmm. If you're going to stay in the ACC, get the same amount of money they got from Notre Dame and NBC. Mm-hmm. But if that ever came up on the table, I can promise you Notre Dame and say we're out. See y'all, we're going to yeah. play in the Big Ten, yeah. which would make sense, but. I just never – I always thought I was just crazy that they would allow them to play baseball, basketball. Uh, they hadn't really played football in the conference. They hadn't been good enough really to play, knock on wood. But um, they may be getting back that way. But that's a lot of money we're talking about. The NBC deal, we looked that up one time before, and that's a lot of money that's on the table. That, yeah, that but keep. that contract is up in, what, two to three years. The NBC no Dame contract will be up for renewal. Does NBC look at it and say – Okay, they're playing down here, but they're not—they're not the Notre Dame that used to be. When was the last time they played? They're not dominating. They weren't relevant. So, ten years ago. So, why why do we want to give them this much more money? You know, uh, let's cut this a little bit. And if Notre Dame says, "Well, we'll just go somewhere else," go somewhere else and see what you can get. The following for Notre Dame is just outrageous, though. I mean, the the fan base is the biggest fan base that's out there outside of Alabama. They can play at Wembley, and they're going to be loaded with Notre Dame. I mean, but I think it comes down to that, though, because you really look at the power conferences now, and and the stations see that. I I mean, I never thought I'd see an ABC jump on with a Disney with an ESPN. Now Clemson's not on, like, a regular channel – you go to ABC and you can watch a Clemson football game, basketball game. Yeah, that was not done in the past. ESPN ran everything. Fox is getting involved now. CBS is getting involved now. NBC in sports. Now, I, you know, NBC I never really thought as a sports you know, network. Now they're starting to be able to show golf and everything else. So <laughs> the money is out there. I mean, you know how much money is out there in media. Yeah. So, All right. Uh, before we get into uh, – the final fours and whatever. I want to make mention, too, that Erskine has their big football game coming up. The Garnet Golden yep. Boom Spring Boom, game yep. set for this Saturday. Uh, it'll take place uh, with a schedule event starting at 11 a.m. They'll have an X's and O's clinic if you want to be part of that. Clay shooting also gets underway at 11 o'clock. That'll be out at the Milford Dairy Road in Abbeville. Um, you got uh, tailgating starting at 1.30, which, Chris, I know you're like <laughs> Me and B-Rab, baby, right tailgate. Roll it. So uh, that'll be at Higgins Field at Erskine. 
uh, or Huggins Field at Erskine, and then the Garnet and Gold kickoff set for 2.30 is when they'll have all of that go underway. So we'll see what Coach Boyd has for the upcoming year and what he's been working on. Uh, hopefully a running game. We'll see a little <laughs> bit more of that uh, in the process. And then barbecue at 5 o'clock on the practice field afterwards. The silent auction is underway right now. It'll close at 6.30 on Saturday. Um, and if you want to be part of that, uh, find out a little bit more about the uh, silent auction or if you get the schedule, just simply go to ErskineSports.com. It'll give you all the details. You've been on anything? I saw, I saw a couple of things I really like. Burn Cox, they had one of his old flags from when they won something way back in the day. Right. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but you said that Saturday, right? Saturday. We might have some boom for real with the rain with coming the rain, in. Yeah, rain. Yeah, we might have some real boom over there. At, well, you're going to have to boom with the clay hey, shooting. You are. <laughs> you know, you are. I mean, this is. <laughs> that's uh, the boom. That's the boom. So uh, it, we're not talking fireworks, people. We're talking <laughs> people with guns. I tell you what I do like about Coach Boyd this year that's been different in the past. You know, they've been kind of quiet. Now you go on Facebook and you go Facebook Live and every one of these players are doing their own interviews with the players and stuff, and Coach Boyd's letting it go through, and I love it. Now, the kid yesterday said, man, about a thousand times, what I do too. So, I mean, it was like, man, come out and see us play, man, come on. You know, and I thought it was hilarious, but it's the fact that he's giving them a voice. You want to go Facebook Live and interview the quarterback that's going to be on the bench if he keeps talking to you? I love that aspect. And Coach Boyd just in there laughing. How you doing? You know, hey, Coach, what's up today? He says, evidently we're not running enough. Let's run. <laughs> he put the phone down then, so. As a matter of fact, they got the spring game pregame show that uh, gets started uh, in about, uh, what, 10 minutes, and you'll be able to go to Ashkin Sports and, and see all of that. Is that a countdown clock? It's a countdown looking, clock. Holy cow. It. Look how big we got it. <laughs> holy smokes. <laughs> countdown clock to the to the pregame, spring game. Yep. So awesome. it'll, it'll be here before you know it. Uh, and then uh, Ersk, or, uh, Erskine, but uh, – Lander Baseball, we want to make mention, uh, they had a tough one in the midweek here. They went up to take on the number one team in the nation in Division Two, that being uh, North Greenville. And North Greenville's 30-2 and two overall. Um, did not come out on the good side of this. It looked like a South Carolina game. 16-5 in favor of North Greenville over the Bearcats in this one. Um, and coming up this weekend, they got a good matchup. You're going to need to win this one. They can take on Augusta uh, starting tomorrow, 3 o'clock for three-game series. That's going to be a And, you know, I think now. And Augusta, by the way. Yeah, that's going to be. And, and you know what's coming in this weekend to Augusta. So, if you go into the game, you need to go. But you need to – where's that game at? Does it say? It's at – or it's at uh, – uh, well, they used Augusta. to play at Green Jackets, the old field at Olmstead, but they're having issues there. So I think they're um, playing at SRP, the they? new one at the Green Jacket well, Stadium in North time, Augusta. The North Greenville game was at Floor Field, so okay. they're playing. They're playing at all these. Oh, they uh, play in a nice place. Minor, yeah. yeah, they're playing. See, you a good know, like how he threw that. Yeah. that North Greenville's kind of like playing like the Gamecocks. Yeah. I don't know where that would be from. But <laughs> now, Landon, be Landon Powell's, Powell's got, is, that, got that. He's got it rolling, rolling at North Greenville. I mean, his boys are – they're solid. I, you I know, think. I'd like to see them play South Carolina, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. I'd like to see that game. Matchup. I'm serious. I'd like to see that. Matchup. I'm not going to give it to, up there to coach yet, but I'd like to see them play each other. I think that'd be funny to – to see them play. I wouldn't want to play them last year. I'll play them this year. Would you say the pressure was more on the Gamecocks if they did play? Yeah. Definitely. Certainly because, Definitely. you know, he's up there playing with house money. You know, he's at North Greenville. They don't <laughs> yeah. think they're going to do crap, man. Well, they won the national championship <laughs> last year. So, but yeah, like I said, it was not, house he money. might not be paying with house money right now. No, it's his money it's, now, but it was yeah. house money last year when yeah. they played. And they got all the they all the pressures on them. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, just like uh, where, who was the coach that went and played North Carolina the other night? Yeah. Did something we didn't do. <laughs> Come away with a win over the Tar Heels up there at Charlotte. So, I mean, I, 
it, I'm telling you, South Carolina baseball is here. And you, like I say, you jump on because there's a lot of good teams around here. And I'm glad to see Norgrima playing the Landers, yeah. the Erskins. I, I mean, that helps out. Yeah. It makes your team better by playing these teams, too. You may get, you know, you're snobby out of you, but it does you better by playing a better baseball team. <laughs> All right. Well, the round ball is still going on. We've got the final weekend coming up. Uh, everybody's excited about this. And we'll start with the guys because we're going to spend a lot of time with the ladies coming up here in a moment. But we got three teams in the final four. Um, that are making their first-time appearance in the Final Four. We all know UConn has been there before in the process of that. But you've got uh, San Diego State, who uh, went through Furman and College of Charleston. you got Miami from the ACC making their first Final Four. But where in the world did Florida Atlantic come from uh, in order to make the Final Four here? And they have just, I mean, they have just blistered inside and outside. On the on the basketball court, they're the one that took my bracket, <laughs> turned it sideways. Rocks they turned sideways, but and and it was over after that. I mean, that's the team that put out a team I felt like was going to eventually probably win it in Purdue. A uh, great basketball coach. I love the in, the intensity of this guy. Um, every coach that's in this final four, or in this group is is awesome. Hurley from with UConn, Danny Hurley, Bobby Hurley's brother. I love Larry Nega at, at, at Miami. Um, you know, then you got you know, like you said. San Diego State, love that coach. That's a physical, I mean, basketball team. They are a football team, and that's a physical <laughs> basketball team in San Diego State. Uh, B-Rad, put you on the spot again. This Miami team is good as I said they were, right? Okay, he, he didn't believe when Clemson played him and that loss hurt, but it did. But you're right, they lost by two. That's why I said still should have been there. But like I said, this is a team that can win it. I'm going to tell you why I think Miami's one of the – probably the team that I'm looking at on my list. Danny Hurley's got a really good offensive team. That doesn't play defense yep. for UConn. Um, and you're going against a Miami team that plays defense also, but they're also putting 80 to 90 points on the board. San Diego State's physical – I mean, they're a physical basketball team. And FAU's that team that they are playing with house money and they got nothing to lose. Coach well, Husky, and, right. and I think I, they've got the deeper bench too. I do too. They and, do. And, that's where they're and, huge. And that's what I was going to say. It, looking at the bracket, <laughs> uh, I'm going to take the winner of the San Diego State FAU game to win the national championship. UConn and Miami are going to have to play each other. Yeah, uh, that's going to be a great that's ball a game. That's a defensive game. But yeah. it's going to be as good. The, the, the better game may be the San Diego State FAU game. I think it will be. And, you know, and uh, like you said, FAU's got nothing to lose. I mean, just throw it up in the wind and let's go play. You that's what they do Mark, for three That's what they do, you know. And so they get through either one of those two. I don't care about – the Miami and the UConn, the money's going to be on the other side of the bracket. Yeah. Because they're going to have nothing to lose. And we're going to have a first time regardless. First time regardless. That's right. <laughs> That's one of our New Year's, man, yeah. because of the madness of the march. But yeah. it, it's cool. Like I said, I agree with what you said. For for FAU to beat San Diego State, they're going to have to be physical and they're going to yeah. have to shoot the threes. Shoot three. And where I'm going is, we're going to talk about that in a minute on the other side of the beam, as we call it. But, um, like I said, these teams are deserving to be there. Yeah. And they pretty much have coaches that we don't. We know Dan Hurley. Yeah. We know Larry Nega. Uh, but the other two, I mean, they're just – they're new. Um, and they're new to the game, and they love it. And But I tell you what I've seen with those two teams, they love their coach. They yeah. ain't letting that coach down. That's like when Furman played San Diego State. Oh, his name's uh, Doherty, Dottery or something like that. He coached at San Diego State with Keith Fisher. Steve Fisher from Michigan, and he said, you know, and, and Steve just passed away recently, but he said, Coach, we made it. 
you know, and he said, you started this program at San Diego State. I'm lucky that I was here as your second man wing. Whenever you decided to go out somewhere else in traps, I stayed here and built this for you. And we in the Final Four, baby. They got nothing to lose. That's going to be a tough basketball team out. <laughs> I'm telling you. Looking forward to it. And then, of course, UConn uh, being the only one uh, that has been here before, but that was many, many years ago. you got to go back to, what, 2014, the last time that they had uh, a championship run. Uh, but they've got some great players as well. They're more offensive-oriented than defense, so it's going to be a run-and-gun kind of offense. It is, and that's what I'm saying. That's what Miami loves that. Yeah. Watch the Duke game, North Carolina games, and all the other games this year. Miami loves that that offensive struggle in that fight because they're going to shut it down. If I had to pick, though, I, I mean, I'm going to pull for, like you said, whoever wins that other game, I'm pulling for in that game. Yeah. But I wouldn't bet my money against Larry Nugget in Miami, I'm telling you. And would that, <laughs> not, that would be so cool that a year that the ACC was so far down that it went to the depths to bring a Larry Nugget team. <laughs> He's another guy that hadn't been to a championship game in, in 30 years probably as a head coach. So, I mean, he he's – He's house money too, then, Stan, yeah. really. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's been around since the uh, George Mason days. Yeah. And I remember who who they beat in the tournament. They beat the Gamecocks to advance when when Larry Nugget was with, with George Mason. So, should be fun. Be right who you got. I don't see I can't read your board. He had. He going to go. Is he going to ACC? Stay with the ACC. He's staying ACC. I don't, I don't there's blame no, there's no. no. There's no shame in that. I ain't a damn gamecock in there. I can't pick them. So, <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm like I said, the winner. I think you, I think Miami. If I had to put money on it, it'd be Miami. But I, I don't care. I just want to see a good game, San Diego yeah. State and FAU, and I know I will. Um, and Boca Raton is a great place, by the way. If you want a vacation, go to mm. F, go, go to yeah, down there, FAU. <clears throat> yeah. um, and then let's move over to the ladies' side oh, because here we go. Uh, this this is where <laughs> the we fun begins. We got enough time. For we this one. we don't. We uh, we'll we'll try. But uh, number three LSU taking on number one Virginia Tech in the final four uh, for this one. The game will take place tomorrow, seven p.m. It'll be on ESPN. It'll be at American Airlines Center over in Dallas. Is where everybody's going to be. LSU thirty-two and two overall but most importantly they got Angel Reese who or Angel Reese who what 41 points in the last outings that she had uh, something like that but she's averaging about 24 is yeah. what she's averaging as of right now so she is going to be the player uh, that you're going to have to respect cuz she shoots from all over the all over the court it doesn't matter where she's at right. she always she's not afraid to put it up but Chris you told me that it's not just her this team is shooting lights out well I was talking about Iowa. No. We'll talk about them while we talk. Let's talk about them now. Sin, does, it, does LSU scare you if you're a Gamecock? No. You're, I mean, but there again, you don't want to well, play a team that it, you beat it, three no, times it, either. Here's, here's the, I saw an interview with uh, the girl, the, the coach at Kim. I can't call her last name. At LSU. Mulkey, yeah. Mulkey. And, and Mulkey said, you know, I'd like to see LSU play South Carolina for the national championship. And uh, and I said, yeah, okay, that's, you know, two SEC schools. She said, yeah, we'd like to see two SEC. She said, but South Carolina's going to win. I mean, (laughs) she just got that in her head. The Mm. coach for the the team that you may play has already said, well, she's got good reason to. It hadn't been Super Bowl Sunday. LSU was ranked number three in the nation, and they get beat by 24. 24 by the number one team in the nation. I mean, Mulkey's got Mulkey has seen it up close and personal. She knows what this South Carolina team can do to her team. Now, as far as Virginia Tech goes, I like the makeup of Virginia Tech. I do too. Uh, They've got some quickness. They've got 
the little guard from Australia. Elizabeth just, Kitley, yeah. That can just shoot it up. Now, Kitley's from North Carolina. Is she? Yeah, yeah. she's the tall girl. Amore's uh, the one that's Amore, from. yeah. And, uh, Amore, Amore, how do you say it? Amore, Amore, yeah. I mean, so they've got two scorers. There's no doubt, you know. And uh, LSU, I know they're going to get points from Angel. They also got the Morris kid. Mm-hmm. She's a She can score. Um from outside, but so that kind of those two will negate each other team wise. So now it comes down to the other three, the other, you know, that six, seven, eight coming off the bench. Who has the better bench? Um, I think Virginia Tech would like to play a little bit faster game than what LSU does, but I think LSU will find a way to slow them down a little bit. But I don't think you're going to slow them totally. Yeah, I don't know and if LSU has – LSU small, small they're, compared they're to small, similar. But LSU is from that – and Mulkey's from that defense first, offense second, where Virginia Tech seems to be offense first, a lot like Iowa, offense first, defense second. That's going to be a great game. That's going to be a good game. But I just – I don't know – which, I, I mean, that, to me, you just flip the coin and see what happens. <laughs> All right. And then, uh, of course, the other game will be the late game, which will take place right after, what, 30 minutes after that one? Yep. It's time to get up with warm-up. So, you're looking at 930, 945. Probably a 915 tip, something like that, yeah. <laughs> if the other game don't go to over, double and triple and overtime. And that's what you got to worry that, about. That's what yep. you got to worry about. But you got number one, South Carolina, and they're going to go up against number two, Iowa. Uh, number, Iowa's, what, 29? And six, um, they were fifteen and three in the Big Ten to go along with all of that. Uh, their key stat of the tournament that they've got Caitlin Clark, uh, and you don't. <laughs> And the process of that. And what they've got there is they've got a big girl down low mm-hmm. that is going to cause problems for Boston. Say your name for me. Say that girl's name. Who's name? Malachinka. Monica Sassino or Sassero. And she is one that will throw it around with you. Yeah. I was a team that reminds me a lot of an SEC team. They're not, they have no height. I mean, mm. I, that, that would be a team I play for. Uh, they're vertically challenged, much like me. Um, Clark, this team's shooting just 40, 45% from three, which does scare me. Now, so it doesn't bother Stan because he knows we're going to bang low. And, and I think you're going to see the same concept in two games. I think that's how LSU does beat BT if they win that game. Yeah. It's the down-low domination, Angel Reese and the rest of that crowd. I, I, here's, where I, here's where I just am, am challenged at it. These two girls, Boston and Clark, they've won every title on the man in the last two days. Mm-hmm. One's AP Player of the Year, the one's National Player of the Year, this girl. I mean, and they're getting the same awards, and I don't know are they going to cut them in half or what. Because <laughs> I guess the number one overall AP went to Clark. Um, I don't know. Which it did. It went last night. But um, this, you know what's amazing about this girl? And, I, and you and I talked about it earlier. This is one of those that what does she do after she gets through? She's a junior. So she's not a senior. Do you want to play WNBA basketball or come back for a senior year if you lose the South Carolina championship game? I'm sitting at the table. I'm just well, going to well, ta- I'm here, sitting at the table. Well, here, uh, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll set the table on the other side. All right, let's roll it. Okay. <laughs> you go back and you start looking at all. South Carolina is loaded on the defensive side with stats. I mean, number one in Cook, the nation, Bill, this, yeah. this, 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 and that. Watkins. You know, you got 
Bill and Aaliyah Boston up for national defensive player. Today. And here. And, and here they're today. on the SEC all-defensive team, first team. Okay, so we know they're going to play defense. So, But every coin has two sides. We know about Iowa's offense. Iowa's defense. 350 teams playing women's Division One basketball. Tell me, take a guess, Chris. Where does Iowa stand? Now, here's a final four team. Yeah. That's beat some high high end teams. Got but didn't fare well in conference. That's well, your point. Well, I they, agree they, with they point. played fairly well in Good the conference. Good enough to get but there. But they got there. They're in the final four. They are. They could be playing for now. Where do you think they rank out of 350 teams? Now, when I first was thinking about this, I said, you know, they got to be at least in the top 68. I was going to say 57, but he you know, might have okay. them out. I was going to say 48, but. <laughs> uh, well, both of you are, are way, way off. Are way <laughs> off. So they're 200. Get, get, no. Keep on going. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that Iowa's team defense, 40-year, ranks 307th in the nation. Out of how many again? 350. So they're worse. Carolina. <laughs> Carolina's defense is number one. There are 306 teams that play better defense than Iowa. South Carolina can <laughs> score the basketball. I mean, they've got a bench full of scores. We could be looking at an 80 to 36 final. He, he's thinking I'm taking Iowa. I'm telling you. He no, thinks no. Here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the kicker to all of it. Okay, Iowa's 307 in defense. Carolina's one. Yeah, we know about Caitlin Clark. We'll give her the devil or due. She's probably the best offensive female to come out of the game in a while. But when Vegas says, well, we got South Carolina as a 48.5% to win the championship against the field. I mean, you ain't even got there yet, and you're almost at 50%. Then all of a sudden, Vegas says, oh, and by the way, we're predicting South Carolina to win by 12. 12 point spread right now. Mm-hmm. I, I just – I don't see how and, – and then the LSU coach comes out and says, I want to see two LSU – two SEC teams in the championship game with LSU playing South Carolina. But South Carolina's going to win. Mm-hmm. She's already conceding the game because <laughs> she's already had to play them one time. And the one thing that I – Going back to Iowa and their offense, they play well. Don't get me wrong. But Caitlin Clark has never played a defense that's going to be in her face. And that's kind of Physical. Yeah. And, okay, Bree Bill, she's up for National Defensive Player of the Year. All right. She gets a little tired. Oh, well, let's just put Letitia Amir. All right. Bill's going 6-2. All of a sudden, the mirror's in there six four with a wingspan of a condor. Those, <laughs> you know, those jump backs. And that's going to be the difference of yeah. this. You, that scoring is going to be yeah. And open just the, the, the number one, the physical that you're going to have to play with, and then it's the mental aspect, knowing that every time you touch the ball, there's going to be somebody in my face. I'm not going to get the free open looks. Those passing lanes that she's been making these passes through have been through 6-1 at maybe 6-2 players. All of a sudden, you got 6-5, 6-4, 6-7. Those lanes 
are still there. He's closed really fast. But they closed. (laughs) They're closed. It takes more of a pimple. If you can make the pass, if it gets through, oh, well, South Carolina does lead the nation and probably going to set a record for block shots in a game. Oh, it might be going into the third row of stands if you catch the ball, if you make the pass. Yeah. Here, I don't think Iowa can withstand the waves that are going to be I don't coming think so at either. them because the the team may change a little yeah. for South yeah. Carolina when the subs come in, but the defense doesn't change. The you know in, the in that process right. can 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 Iowa sustain wave after wave of that for well, forty? Well, minutes? Maryland showed it the other night. Maryland came out, and it's the way I expect it. Iowa to come out. Come out fast, spread the court. All right, I was up by seven at the end of the first quarter. The Carolina girl just walked off the court for the break, like, okay, nothing's going on. You know, we're playing our game. Ain't no big deal. Come out the second quarter and said, oh, by the way, Iowa, I mean, Maryland, we just scored 23 and held you to nine. So we were down seven. Now we're going to halftime. We're up eight. Oh, don't worry, second half's coming. Oh, yeah. We outscore our opponents in the second half, six hundred over 600 points. So we're going to bring some scoring in the second half. You better bring it, and they couldn't. <laughs> but they got people in foul trouble. And and, and that's what, it, you know, you start. I think I was going to be trying to play so fast to beat some of this constant pressure that, and even the announcers with the uh, Maryland game said, this team looks tired, and we're still early, and this team looks tired. Why do they look – it's that mental pressure and the physical pressure that they're going to be facing. Yeah. And and then Carolina, we know they can score the ball. I mean, and you're playing – this is probably the worst defensive team, talking about Iowa, that Carolina's played all year. They don't play the little sisters of the poor. I mean, they played the big-name teams. They've seen every offense known to man. They've seen every defense thrown at them known to man. It's the experience, having been there. They're not going to play. They're going to play their game. (laughs) They're going to do what they do. You can tell Stan's excited about this game. What bothers me about it? I'm ready for it. Here's what bothers me about it. What he's talking about is a plus to me is a minus. I watched this semifinal game or listened to it when we came home from the wedding the other day. Mm-hmm. This team has trouble filling that basket up at times. And granted, I think it's cool that the girls feel like, you know, we'll spot them 30 points. But this is a this is a final four game here. I ain't wanting to spot nobody anything. If, you go, if you're dominant a team as that is, put 90 on them in, in the first half and just roll it on them. That's what I want to see. Like, you play against LSU every time you play Kim Mulkey, every time you play Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Don't come out and play like you're playing Clemson. Don't come out and play like you're playing Indiana Iowa. I want you to roll them from the get-go because if you don't, that sharpshooting team is the one that can get back in the game. Now, whether they win, I don't think there's no way they have a chance. What was your score prediction? For this game? Yeah, for that game. I know it's, it's going to be up there. Uh, I What did I say, 84 to like 36 or something You think like he that? touches yeah. it? Is it close with a 40-point, 30-point win? I don't think it'll be a 30-point win. Now, I think it'll be – Closer to twenty. I mean, they they had I mean, they had, they had, Maryland, they had Maryland down by nineteen with three minutes left in the game, and and it let off started the gas. subbing and started mm-hmm. subbing. I mean, when Maryland's still putting first teamers in, Dawn's looking down there at the 
far end of the bench hey, down there on the hey, right. Hey, Chloe, come hey, on. Uh, Chloe, you should be playing <laughs> high school basketball. Come on, Go Chloe. on in and play the last three minutes of this game. I mean, and and it's not just Chloe; it's five. You know, she <laughs> took the start the second five out. The freshies to put the third five in. No, the freshies had already been on the bench. Oh, okay. And that's what Tom alluded to that Iowa can can maybe stay close, but just the amount of talent that South Carolina has coming off the bench. With no let up on the defensive side. But, you know, these guys coming off the second, they score points too. I mean, they're averaging 37 points on in bench scoring. I mean, who else does that? I don't think Iowa's got some going to score 30 on yeah. them. Iowa does, it, Iowa does it with their starters. I, and, and, but I like, I'd rather be starter, where we are. And the starters have got to stay out of foul. But the starters have got to That's stay out of foul. That's the key that you're going to have. Yeah. yeah. Look, this is a smart basketball team in Iowa, and I like I said, I love trying to be the devil's advocate. But I mean, do I think there's a chance? I don't think there's a chance in hell Iowa wins this game. Let me just say that. I think Carolina wins. I think they win it big. But do they exert every amount of energy to get past Iowa and don't have anything left for an LSU? No, I don't think. That's so. That's what worries me. No, you got a day's rest in between, and it's not going to be <laughs> a day's tired bad. legs. Uh, Talk here. You want to ride eight hey, miles again today? Well, the thing after only, you rode the no, other day. No, okay, no, well, that's where I was Here's going. the thing, though. <laughs> Carolina's going, let's just say, 13 players play this game. Meaningful minutes. 13 players. Well within reason. She'll play 8 to 10. Easy. LSU's going to be playing 5, 6, 7. They're not going to get down to number 10. That's where the the, the difference is going to come in. And the same way with Iowa, but um, I'm I'm interested to see. I want to see what Clark can do against a team that will have somebody in her face for 40 minutes, and if they can stay out of foul trouble, because Carolina plays defense without fouling. I mean, they do, and and then you know, me and Chris, were, I think it was you I was talking about earlier. Looked at stat lines from the Maryland game. Okay, yeah. Bree Bill, okay, your defensive specialist. Just look at her stat line from the Maryland game. 12 points, six rebounds, something like four assists, three steals. I mean, she's a defensive specialist. And then you look over there, flip the page, and there's Boston. Oh, 22 points, 12 rebounds, you know, uh, four or five assists, a couple of blocks, a couple of steals. Oh, well, flip the page again. Okay, well, Zai Cook, the stat line <laughs> is the same. Yeah. And then you get down, Bree Hall coming in. Breezy. You know, Breezy comes in, and you know, same thing, 10 points, six, seven rebounds, you know, three or four steals, a block. Uh, you know, it, it just it just keeps going. Keeps going. So, Walking gets a jam, a jam in this game. Does she slam one in the championship game or in the the semifinal? Does she get a slam in this thing against Iowa, who's small, by the way? Amen. She could. This team's Amen. small. She Amen. could. Yeah. Well, uh, Amir could too, because Amir can dunk. Uh, Amir here, yeah. Well, yeah, get Amir, the toothpicks yeah. out because this game's gonna go until nine hour. Here's the thing: if it's a close game, I'm gonna give you three names. You know one. You know one. Caitlin Clark. Mm-hmm. The second one is Monica Cezano. 
I didn't even say that about, you know, McKenna Warnock, who is their center, basically. This is the one that's going to bow, that's going to battle. The only, the only reason I've liked Iowa all year is because they reminded me of a team from two to three years ago that Carolina could not beat, and that was Stanford. This team reminds me of that team, other than the defense, and I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. What bothers me is we've, we, we've become accustomed to second half scoring all our points in the second, put all our eggs in that one basket. A couple fouls here and there, and I don't know that we've got that possibility. Boston gets three fouls. I mean, we won't see her till third quarter. But you got Cordoza and Amihu that come in. And and, uh, (laughs) the high-low game with Boston and Cordoza, they can't – the Warnock girl, yeah, she might be 6'4", but she can't card a six five and a six seven at the same time. Oh, you're right. I mean, they this is this is David Goliath here. This is yeah. why I kind of also like because I'm not. Uh, Stan Spivey loves his the Lady Gamecocks, and I'm a Gamecock, and I I'm okay with whatever happens in the game. Um, bring me another national championship, and then as soon as that happens, we're going to be back on our stage preaching other things. And that's the problem I got with Lady Gamecocks. But I think they win the game. I think they win it hands down. And I think the problem is this is the first time in two months that they won't play at home or a home crowd. Now, they're going to take people out there. Well, I was basically they the will. same way, too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, you know. and, and you just wonder how much has it been playing at home has really helped you. I'm not going to say they won games because they were in Greenville or they weren't in Columbia. I mean, but it helps. And then that does give an advantage to a team like an LSU. And well, I think it will come down to well, that. I, I think, think it will be LSU-South Carolina. I think with an Iowa team that has not been to the Final Four, and all of a sudden, they're showing up down there like on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Carolina has been to the last three. Of course, the COVID year, we don't count. Yeah, you but don't. they've been to three Final Four. We should have won. And all <laughs> those and and those girls are still on this team. They are. They know that every time they walk out their hotel room, there's going to be somebody with a microphone and a camera or a notebook and a pencil wanting to ask a question, wanting to take a picture. Interesting stat. All divisions, one, two, and three, are playing their women's basketball championship in Dallas at the same time. You know how much court time you get on the actual American Airlines floor to practice? 60 minutes. One time. Nick and the Mavericks. That's, That's the Mavericks home That's place. on Thursday. You get 60 minutes. So as a coach, I got 60 minutes on this court. What am I gonna do? They gonna play at West. They gonna practice at West Lake down at the Cuban base. You got to come into that arena. I know. I got you. And and you only got an hour to get adjusted to that arena. All right. I mean, we all know the backboard is here and the height of the basket and the (laughs) foul line distance. We know all that. But it's that depth perception in that arena. This is the game of the century. They're calling it for women's basketball. I don't know if they call it the game of the century, but it's the biggest game this year. Assembled in a while for South Carolina. So what's the championship going to (laughs) be? If this is that game, it's going to be so crazy. And it's going to be a good game, man. Don't don't bet against the Gamecocks. I mean, don't listen to me. Don't bet against them. Vegas has got them twelve point favorite. They do. We all know (laughs) Vegas does not like to lose money. (laughs) I didn't take the money line. I should have done that. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, in closing, I want to say congratulations and, and thanks to Senators Garrett and Cambrell, also House members McCravey and Gibson. They had three Greenwood uh, rustlers that uh, they honored, uh, as a matter of fact, today. Elijah Jones, who was the first female Greenwood High State champion. Kennedy won the 220 weight class. Um, Kennedy Washington did. And uh, Carson Howell, undefeated on the year 45-0, and became the first ever Greenwood High back-to-back state champions. Congrats to those guys being honored by our uh, legislation down there in Columbia today. And thank you to our ladies for coming in from yeah. the track team yeah. and go, good luck out there this afternoon. Good luck. Stands by you. Thank you. Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll. Enjoy the games as they continue on. We'll be back Monday. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys.